0: You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hey, hey, everybody. It is time for American Winer on PodcastDetroit.com. Monday night, 7 to 8. How's everybody doing? My name is Alex. We are live in Studio 3 of Podcast Detroit. I am sitting in studio today with Mr. Sean May of May Custom Bases as well as a number of other things that we will get to talking about. Sean, how are you?
1: Confused. Confused? I'll tell you why. Uh, okay. You asked me earlier, what what intro song do you want? Uh-huh. And just clicked
0: Deftones. Yeah, it was that was a gr- I, when you when you sent me that message, I was so happy to see that. It's a great song I, I may have
1: picked that on my own actually that's that's hadn't. a song that like a wrestler comes out to. yeah and that's why I'm confused. I'm like, I'm listening to it. I'm like, I'm not nearly cool enough. <laughs> for Deftones, maybe like Dave Matthews or like the Friends theme song or something, but definitely not Deftones.
0: Well, I think I think it was a perfect uh, perfect fit. Like whenever I see that, because I, I have a mix that I add all these songs to, and so whenever I see whatever song somebody picked, I'll be like, oh, that's that's Mike's song or that's that's Sean's song. So that, I think that fits perfectly with you. So I, well, I'll, I'll take it. Well, um, we're gonna sit here and talk about uh, your life and career, and then uh, towards the end, I'll ask you what you want to whine about. I always start off. The these interviews um with the same question that question is where were you born lexington kentucky lexington just out of curiosity do you remember the hospital
1: uh saint saint something saint, something, saint in something
0: lexington kentucky yes okay did you now this is interesting because usually when i ask people that question so often the answer is somewhere in michigan or somewhere in detroit um so did you grow up in Kentucky then? Or no. What's, no. How I,
1: I, well, listen to my, my what well, I should say, lack of accent. Exactly. Yeah, that, that's, that's a good point. Unless, unless, I, unless I spend more than a week down there, it's, you know, I've got that Midwestern accent. Right. Uh, I, I was probably not even one when my parents moved up to Cleveland, so I spent most of my childhood – In in just west side of
0: Cleveland, west side of Cleveland. Okay, is that uh, are we talking like Westlake or? uh, Uh, Yeah, I
1: mean that that general area. Okay,
0: um, tell me about your childhood. Like you said, you grew up in Cleveland. Like what you know, what was it like? You know, what were you into and what were you
1: doing? Again, any you know, midwestern city. It's there's not really a whole lot to do. I mean, typical childhood. Nothing really exciting going on. You know, GI Joes and. You know skin knees, bike accidents and skateboarding mm-hmm. I was really into skating for a while and okay uh what did your parents do for a living uh dad is a interior painter mom worked at a newspaper as well It reporter? doesn't get any more you know generic <laughs> small town <laughs> right well that's that's upbringing. really interesting
0: though was your mom a reporter at the newspaper no it no,
1: typed up stuff and oh, really yeah okay yeah. Again, nothing against her. It's just not that exciting. Uh huh. Well, so um,
0: okay. So, uh, what kind of a student were you in school?
1: At first, I I actually I, I excelled. Um, they they had me in, in gifted programs and and um, um you know, further or higher learning. And then I got lazy. It's not that I got dumb. Mm-hmm. I just got really lazy. Uh, getting into high school. You know, I, skating was more important than than homework and that kind of stuff. You know, I, I have enough common sense. I get it. Mm-hmm. But if I don't have to, I'm probably not going to.
0: Right. Right. If you're not interested in it, you're not going to. Right. There's no point in pursuing it. Yeah. Right. I was the same way. Um, do, do you have a – do you remember a particular subject that you did like or that you found interesting?
1: I, I think more of the uh, – maybe analytical, math, science, factual – type things mm-hmm. uh, i didn't really get into you know the languages and, and and things like that but um anything that was you know set in stone i i excelled at. but again i just got really b- bored i guess
0: you became more interested in skateboarding you said yeah so th- yeah. did you ever want to like professionally skateboard
1: or was that just kind of a hobby no or? i well i mean it, it, it's not that i was working towards that you know it, you dream about it sure you also dream of you know being able to fly, and I still can't do that mm-hmm. me neither <laughs> um, i'm pretty I'm pretty hard on myself when it comes to i mean really anything um, it's it's competition with with myself, and I can never f- get to that point where I want to be then mm-hmm. I get frustrated and I'm done with it.
0: Oh, really? So that's what happened with skateboarding. Then yeah. you kind of you're you're like this for, for
1: the most part, mm-hmm. yeah. And I think what killed it was uh, getting my license.
0: Oh well, yeah, because you didn't need it to get around. Well, anymore. And that's the funny right.
1: thing is, you know, when you you know when you can't drive, you have to skate everywhere. And mm-hmm. It takes forever to get there. Man, I just can't wait until I can drive. Then we can drive to all these cool spots. Mm-hmm. And you get your license, you're like, well, we don't really have to skate anymore. We can just drive now.
0: Mm-hmm. And so that was that. Um, Okay. uh, Well, when did you uh, first get interested in music?
1: How old were you? Well, music in general, as early as I could possibly remember. Mm -hmm. My dad's a musician. I grew up around it. Always loved music. Playing, I really didn't have much interest in playing until my best friend that I used to skate with right at the like right at the tail end of the school year going into you know summer break uh he broke his ankle mm-hmm. great what are we gonna do now can't skate so his dad bought him a guitar you know past the time something to do and my dad being a bass player he said oh man go grab your you know grab your dad's bass and amp and and you know we'll, we'll jam okay sure and from like that moment on skateboards went in the closet. And,
0: really? Yeah. So that was. Do you remember the first jam session you had, and like what you guys played? I,
1: I remember early years. I don't remember the actual first quote unquote jam session, but it was all stuff that was at the time. Um, you know, you hear the you know kids today. I can say kids. By the way, I'm 40. <laughs> um, you know, there's the, the go to songs. You know, you have you know. Smoke on the Water and 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 Iron Man and things like that, but then songs of the times so we were doing like, Chili Peppers, Under the Bridge, and and Nirvana and, and you know and that kind of stuff, whatever was cool in ninety three. Okay, okay. Um, so
0: uh, your dad was a bass player though, because that was yeah, going to be yeah. my next quiz. Like, why did you gravitate towards bass? And that's that's a pretty well, easy answer. Then you would but, think,
1: you know, being around it and having access to it, that would it makes sense. Mm-hmm. But I never really looked at it like I want to be a bass player. It was more, you know, well, my buddy's already playing guitar. I don't want to have to haul around a bunch of crap for drums. I can, I have free access to to you know the bass and and all the stuff that goes along with it. So, well, it's that's where my laziness comes in again. Right. It's already there. I don't right. have to put any effort into obtaining it. Uh-huh. I'll just go that route and was your dad uh, happy when you came in and asked him hey, can I oh play absolutely because he it? he never you know pushed me but he he would you know nudge me hey you know if you ever want to play i got all this cool stuff here now now skating 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 mm-hmm. but then that all changed so it all changed.
0: uh did your dad play in bands or was he he did
1: yeah i grew up um essentially in the 80s hair metal local cleveland scene mm-hmm. You know, I'm you know, this little kid, and there's all these you know dudes with teased hair and ripped stuff, and and it was like the coolest thing. So to see your dad up on stage, and all these people are you know grooving out. Yeah, it, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I,
0: when you're a kid, those it's it's almost like what warriors must have the, the type of attention that warriors and like knights must have gotten from kids without the know? blood and death. yeah, without and, the yeah. without the actual war. Although
1: yeah. although. This brings up a a great point. For whatever reason, the band my dad was in was very accident-prone. So you're almost guaranteed that at a show you're going to get some blood from somebody hitting something on accident or catching fire or something. So you do get that warrior-esque Vibe from it, but uh, you get the battles, the actual battle scars <laughs> right, and yeah, things like that. Well, yeah. that's very 80s, actually. <laughs> very it, 80s. You know,
0: the decades that that was gonna. Well, I suppose rock and roll has always been pretty physical, right? But uh, but the 80s in particular, both yeah. in oh, the yeah. mainstream and the swinging your
1: guitars and not seeing the guy standing next to you. And, right. Right. Yeah. Um. So so did you did
0: you and your friend form a band then, or was it just kind of? Uh,
1: yeah. The the I guess the first official band, at least from what my memory can recall. Uh, so we, I think we're – yeah, we're about 16 or so. Um, my dad was in th- – actually, this is post-80s hair metal. So we're into the 90s now and my dad was in a top 40 band. The drummer was uh, a teacher at a local music store mm-hmm. and he had a student that seemed to excel quickly uh, right, you know, right around our age. And, and my dad said, well, hey, Bob, our drummer, has this this kid um, that's looking to start a band and here's you two. Perfect. So. And this I remember vividly, his mom pulling up in this, you know, Pontiac Bonneville and these blue pearl drums just stacked. I mean, you couldn't see him. All you saw were just, you know, cymbals and all these drums and everything. And he lugs them out and instantly like he gets this kit set up within like two and a half minutes and just starts going nuts. Mm -hmm. Like stuff that, you know, people twice his age couldn't pull off. And he, and, he, and he talks the same way. He's like very kind of scattery. And and, and so uh, from that moment on, you know, we, we did that for probably a couple of years. What was that band called? Uh, well, we changed names uh, for – I know Protest was probably the longest running name that we had. That's the hardest thing with uh, with being in a band is coming up with a name. Mm-hmm. And at some point, the stupidest thing – Ends up being your name, yeah. <laughs> Corn. Yeah. Think yeah. about the word itself. It's like it's just a word. It's a food. Yeah.
0: It would never. That's why they had to put the K on there. Is it just never would have worked. And otherwise. and then they have
1: to make that word cool. Yeah. Yeah. You know, is it a good band? If not, it's just a crappy band with a dumb name.
0: Yeah. It's it's really interesting you bring that up because like especially Corn because when I first heard of them like I was in middle school and like they're. Their sound was so angry and so deadly sounding and so forbidden for me at the time. Yeah, their name is... Corn and and, and and but the thing is I didn't think about that until a long time later where I was like why the fuck were they called corn yeah. like that, that just doesn't make any sense but at the time I was like corn yeah. you didn't question it you know
1: and, and, and if you ask them you know there's probably all these theories of you know why and, and and at some point somebody probably just said I don't care man let's just name the band corn yeah. fine whatever
0: I read so many because that was the other thing is like when I was in high school you read about uh, that was right when the internet was coming out and uh, I I would type in you know like why is this band called this and I remember for corn, I was never able to find a good story. Nobody seemed to know why they were called. Yeah, Korn. you'll find
1: all these all these different you know theories of why, but it's never anything elaborate.
0: Yeah, the story is never as good as like you picture it could right. be in your head when right. you first hear the name. But, yeah, there's got
1: to be a great story behind this name.
0: But so protest was the most was the long. Do you remember any
1: other names you guys had? Or uh, maybe maybe just out of high school, uh, we were in a, in a in a cover group called Israfel's Revenge. Oh wow! And Israfel, there's some kind of uh, you know like a Greek god uh, association with that name, but because it sounds so close to Raphael, so Israfel. Oh, uh, okay, yeah. And if you see it, on especially if you see it in print, mm-hmm. we would be uh, labeled Is Raphael's revenge, uh. and just it, it's it's annoying when no 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 it's Is Is Raphael's Ra- revenge what? And, and you're in a loud <laughs> club, and you're trying to explain no no it's it's, it's it's Rafael, Yeah. <laughs> so that was uh, a you know a short-lived name as so, well. But it
0: sounds like you. Wh- wh- who was what was your friend's name? Because it sounds like he's you played with him for a really long time. Then. Well, the
1: the, the drummer. Um, so the, the 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 kid that you know unpacked his blue pearl kit, uh, buddy. I have to name drop here. I don't have any cool stories of myself. I have to borrow cool stories from. People like this, with uh, Chad Saliga.
0: Oh, I I I thought that was still yeah,
1: Breaking Benjamin. Yeah, yep. Breaking Benjamin. Uh, Black Label Society. Uh, he was with Scott Stapp before he went crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's now with a band called Black Star Riders. Who it, I think it's original members of Thin Lizzy, and oh. they're on tour with Judas Priest. Actually, they were just in town with Judas Priest at the Masonic. Okay. Yeah.
0: So that was uh, you. You've known him since you were in, in yeah, we in were grade about, school. Yeah. Then
1: uh high school mid high school mid high school, yeah yeah 15 16 wow yeah so um so
0: when i guess it sounds like you said you were playing with him and just kind of various bands in the cleveland area yeah so, in and, until, and out of, until after high school yeah it's so. like
1: any any you know local music scene you're gonna be in band you're gonna be trading members and and and, and this and that it's kind of like the dating scene it's like oh yeah she's going out with my ex you know this guy and his cousin and whatever and just kind of Trade members and add members and kick people out, and mm-hmm. and especially
0: as a bassist and a drummer, which are like you can. It's no, never a problem to find guitarists and, right. and sometimes singers, but bassists and drummers are always in yes. demand too. Yeah. Um. Did you take to bass right away, or did you ever kind of like oh, I I want to play guitar, I want to play drums, or something,
1: or was it? I, I don't want to sound uh, egotistical here, but I, I'm probably the best bass player. That's come out in the past. I don't know, twenty, twenty-five years. Really? No. <laughs> uh, you put no, that very I, straight. I believed I, you. <laughs> at least technique-wise, I think because I grew up around it, I had um, you know maybe a better ear, um, quicker learning. I think just it, it's like through uh, what is osmosis, mm-hmm. um, and 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 the the level that these two other. Eric was our guitar player, and of course, Chad. Being around that, it kind of pushed you to be even better. I don't ever really remember it being difficult at first. Mm -hmm. Um, I certainly got worse and worse as I got older and degressed over time. Really, but but at the beginning, well, you know, in that age too, you you know, you you immerse yourself into something like that, whether it be skateboarding or you know, music or whatever. Um, You have all the time in the world to get good mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and i think yeah i think just a combination of of you know who i was surrounded by and growing up around it that uh, i had a natural inclination you fell so, right into it and it yeah, just it, it sure, developed yeah, on yeah, its own yeah. uh who were your influences when you when, you know when you first started playing like who did you want to play like two names and most bass players will agree getty lee mm-hmm. Les claypool Really? And and they they seem kind of like almost like on the opposite sides of the spectrum. You get, you know, Claypool being kind of a goofy but if you think about it, they're both the front men mm-hmm. of their three piece groups. Techniques are completely different, but if you can you know, I don't want to say master, but if you can pull off a little bit of both, mm-hmm. you can cover a lot of ground.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um so uh what did Switch come around right after uh, you, you stopped playing with Eric and Chad? Uh, it, how did so I that go? was
1: through high school. Then mm-hmm. we had this cover band eventually disbanded. Uh, we all kind of went our separate ways. Um, Chad had joined uh, kind of like a college radio rock, acoustic-friendly band, maybe a little bit more upbeat, not so, um, you know, shoegazer-type stuff, but... Uh, A far cry from what Switch became, and these are all like top-level musicians. Mm -hmm. Um, They had already been established. The singer of that group – I'm sorry. uh, Oh, yeah, yeah. The singer of that group was – nope. Let me go back. (laughs) Before Chad had joined, the drummer of that group had a recording studio, and it was a well-known, established recording studio. So they had that going for them, you know, uh, having access any time of the day of this legit studio. Uh, And that was hard to come by back in those days.
0: Yeah, we're talking – well,
1: this is late 90s, early 2000s at this point. Okay. Um, And and, and some things started to change within that band. people like kind of, you know, moving. Um, I think the drummer went to um, singing for that group. They needed a drummer. So somehow they found Chad. Um, started writing a little heavier kind of stuff they didn't have a bass player they had um uh he had, he had since left and joined a metal uh group called Chimera um mm-hmm. who who since went on to you know become Get signed name yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, so that left them bassless mm-hmm. chad calls me i hadn't talked to him for a few years had you been playing at all or had you did you kind of gone off and done something uh, and uh, Yeah. You know, things here and there, but nothing ever really, really stuck. Mm-hmm. Um, but I get a call one day, and actually, I'm getting my my story a little mixed up here. They lost their bass player eventually. Mm-hmm. Um, this band, Camara, was recording there, and they needed a bass player. So Chad called me and said, hey, there's this band. I thought he said Camaro. I never heard <laughs> of it. I mean, they were just starting out. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I'm not doing anything, and... I, Went up there and I, you know, kind of did my thing, my little audition or whatever, and they said, you know, you're good. It's the technique and and it's a little bit different than what we're looking for, um, so no harm done. I think it was the next day, and the bass player of of Chad's group left mm-hmm. to join Chimera, which left Chad's band bassless. Um, and they, like I said, they were writing some heavier stuff, and again, this is like new like the heart of the new metal i mean that's everything i was listening to at the time so uh you know without hesitation oh i'm yeah i'm in Mm -hmm. yeah
0: and and so okay so well how old were you when that happened like when you first joined them 21 22 okay so it's the early 20s um so that would have been late 90s then like you said so like you said the heart of new metal the bands that are it's that would have been like limp biscuit era corn oh, yeah, yeah. again uh i mean slipknot would yep. have been out um it was
1: a couple of years before linkin
0: park but that was cuz we
1: we broke about the same time i remember when we were cutting our album this is you know of course later on um our label mentioned this band out of uh it was chicago, uh, is it chicago? Uh, L- uh la they're from la Lincoln linkin park is uh, Yeah. okay yeah i'm getting something Well, anyways they, oh, I, yeah. I just remember hearing that name kept coming up uh-huh. um, not as like direct competition but you know like we got these two up and coming groups that sound like they're going to be pretty big. Well, you know, guess which one made it big. <laughs> <Right>.
0: <laughs> yeah. Well, um, well, so anyway, my next question is uh, when did you realize you wanted to do music for a living? And when did you realize that you could do it for a living? Were you actually capable? Because it sounds like there was a gap there where you, you stopped playing for a little bit and, right. and perhaps, re- well, and, and,
1: you know, and right after um, high school, you know, you got to figure out what, what something. You got to figure out something. You can't, you know, you can't live at parents' house. I've been out since I was eighteen, so you know, you got to get you know big boy job and mm-hmm. and and you know, if if you can't make both work with the job and the music, something's got to give. Um, realizing that I I could, I never really realized that I could make a living being a musician, and you'll probably hear that for most musicians, mm-hmm. you know, unless you're on the radio. You know, ten times a day. Um, when when you're when you're out on the road, and I can only speak from my personal experience. You know, I can't speak for everyone, but um, when you're out on the road and you're getting you know twenty five bucks a day, you're out for two three weeks at a time. You start forgetting things like, oh, I have a car payment due. Mm-hmm. You know, where am I going to get that money? Well, you know, it's something's again. There's that you know. So, so you had to take of, that into
0: account as. Oh, uh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um. So, but did you, you know, the, was it when you joined Switch that it was the first time you're like, I don't. Maybe this was. I could pay my car payment with this. With this group. Or, when, you
1: know. when, when you, when you're being contacted by labels that you've heard of, you start, you start thinking, oh man, you know, maybe this is what. You know the the big time is right. You know they're gonna they're gonna shower us in with cash and all this cool stuff. And
0: well, so let's let's back up a little bit. So what what were you doing for day jobs and stuff like that? And before you joined, Switched, I got a job and, at wow. a machine
1: shop. I'm not gonna go too deep in it because there's no excitement there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was trying to balance. You know that you know I'm getting up at at five a.m. right to go to this you know six to four job, and then I drive out you know have practice until two a.m. Come home and sleep for you know a couple hours and and just repeat mm-hmm. and thankfully it, it kind of paid off because you know that's when the label started you know shopping us mm-hmm. um, and I, I couldn't do it much longer you know a couple hours of sleep and 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 some something was going to give somewhere right um, and that's right about the time that we got signed so so it worked out I started getting a little bit more sleep um, so <laughs> uh,
0: so when did like, how long had you guys been together before the labels came
1: sniffing around? It, like, it happened fast. Really? So Real like a couple fast. months? And, a couple when, of months, when yeah. When you joined um, I think I joined. It was probably late fall of, might have the years off, maybe 99, maybe 2000, somewhere in that, that, uh, that time. Um, three, four months later. That quick? Yeah. Huh? Wow. Um, what had happened is, it's kind of like when, when, when scenes happen in, in different cities. So... Mm. You know what? Ninety one, ninety two. Of course, with Nirvana and all the grunge bands and um, and all that, everybody starts looking towards Seattle. Mm-hmm. You know, fast forward to late nineties, and all of a sudden they're looking at Cleveland. Um, bands like Chimera, and there's a few other ones that that got signed. But there was a label that um, we we did a show with with Chimera, and there was a label there that was looking to do deal with Chimera. Um, and, and they were interested in us as well. And those label people must talk because within a week it was like, Oh, here's a, you know, fax And that tells you how long ago this was. We get a yeah. fax from, you know, what, DreamWorks or, or, you know, Epic and all these, you know, labels like of name. Mm-hmm.
0: Um, yeah. what are they saying? Are they saying, Hey, we're interested in meeting you guys and talking about something. Yeah.
1: Or? Yeah. I mean, it's, uh, um, no, no terms or anything, but just for someone from a label to reach out like that, you know, something's going on. We're doing something right, right. at that point,
0: especially that quick too. Because had you guys played shows at that point? I really? think we
1: played three shows. The first show was a uh, kind of like a battle of bands setup mm-hmm. without a prize. <laughs> you know, it was like nine bands, and we each had maybe like four or five songs, and there was probably that many people there, mm-hmm. four or five people. There was more people in the bands in the, in the audience and actual audience, pretty typical local, show. typical though, local yep. show, second show, you know, maybe 50 people, hundred people, third show. And this was the Chimera show. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure it was capacity. It was like, it's gotta be pushed like a thousand. Mm-hmm. So we went from, you know, you know, 50 people to a thousand people. Um, within you know within three shows really and that must have been one hell of a rush especially
0: for a 21 year old well to- you know
1: here i am on the stage of a venue that i'm usually watching the bands from the floor rather than being on stage mm-hmm. um, and granted that you know all these people there you know of the of the thousand people that were there 950 were there for chimera uh-huh. <laughs> of course right but having that many more eyes on us was you know hey if two more people dug us and they tell their friends and it just kind of that's how you build Blossom an audience from there, yeah. Right? Yeah.
0: Well, let's talk about before we go any further um with the story. Let's talk about
1: Switch's sound, like yeah. what you guys sounded like, yeah. and who
0: who the band as a whole, who your influences were, and, and that kind of stuff.
1: Uh, you know, I'll, I'll still lump us into the new metal scene because that's what was big and happening, and um, the 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 rest of the guys in the band could play literally anything. Um, the guitar player total shredder you know he grew up you know Steve Vai and and guys like that Um, the singer and and uh, the other guitar player brothers um, they would do you know cover bands they would do um, I think they were uh, Serbian something of that you know and they, they get into you know deep into that I mean, really, to go from that kind of music, traditional Serbian music, to new metal, you know, yeah. to new metal and anything <laughs> yeah. in between. I mean, these guys were just—that's um, the whole. That's pretty much game. everything, right there. I mean, yeah, was, <laughs> I mean, they literally could cover just <laughs> really about is. anything. Um, what was the original question? I was getting so uh, just with this. To who
0: your who the bands as a whole, who your influences were, and what your sound was. And you oh, your yeah, sound, and you sound.
1: Said, right, right, right. So, um, it it was really easy to. And again, I don't want to sound egotistical. I mean, I'm, I'm kind of saying this on on behalf of the the rest of the, the the group because we cover so much territory. It was easy to just pop out these songs real quick. Um, yeah, it had a heaviness to it, uh, but it was also melodic because we were all just about the same age and we grew up with bands like Allison Chain, Soundgarden. So you hear elements of that kind of stuff, mm-hmm. you know, over these you know this wall of guitar you know detuned guitars and
0: i'm reminded of a quote that Josh Hame once said where he said rock needs to be heavy enough for the boys and sweet enough for the girls yeah and that sounds yeah. like it pretty much describes what you guys Yeah i are mean you, to do. you think
1: of a lot of those bands with uh, um you know i hear cookie monster vocals uh huh yep. they have their place mm-hmm. you know i love it just as much as the next person but you know i'm really into harmonies and and and, and the singing aspect if you can if you can kind of combine the two then you get something that that's working, and right. I think we had that.
0: Um. So so I I really want to break this down because in every single band's story, where they get signed and then they 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 get a shot at the the dream or whatever you want to yep. call it, it's always there's always this huge gap from they formed they were playing in the garage they played some local shows and then all of a sudden they were signed and they had a fucking following and they're going on i always wondered what happens in between those two moments like on their wikipedia pages every single one of them and so now we've got we got up to the point where you guys had played three shows and had gone from you know a couple people to a thousand uh, person audiences and I'm just wondering what happened after that. Because the labels, you were getting your faxes. They were saying DreamWorks and Epic and all of them were saying, hey, we're interested. So
1: what happened next? Okay. So I didn't get too much into the business side of it and the paperwork and things like that. But I can give you my recollection. Okay. So, yeah, we started getting all these all this paperwork from all these different labels. And I, I, at one point, I remember we laid out all these different faxes on – our coffee table in our studio and we basically had to choose you know what label are we who do we want mm-hmm. uh, and it came down to this particular label only had eight bands you would think well why would you want to sign with a label that only has eight bands because you look at all these other labels just take for example like nca uh, or rca or anything like that and you start looking at the roster There's a 1,000 bands Mm -hmm. on the roster. How many of those have you heard of? Oh, look, Madonna. Mm -hmm. And 999 other artists you've never heard of. So this label only had eight bands. And of those eight, I have already heard of half of them. The other four were still kind of up and coming as well. But this label's hungry. They need these bands to do well Mm -hmm. for them to do well. So there's your support. And actually – and they did, I think, a, a hell of a job doing exactly that. They can only take it so far. It's you know really up to the public
0: to make the to connection. To shoot you right, up or yeah. shoot you down.
1: Right. Well, what was the name of the label? Uh, well, officially, th- the actual label that signed us uh, was uh, Immortal. Mm-hmm. They're known for Korn, mm-hmm, Incubus, uh, 30 Seconds to Mars, Um, maybe not a huge name, but, but to me, I I love this band, um, called The Urge. Oh yeah. yeah. Um, and they had, you know, a few other bands on there too. I'm probably forgetting, but, um, you know, I saw that and I'm like, wow, I've, those bands are doing pretty well. So, you know, they probably have, you know, the right backing. Well, Immortal itself is, is a pretty small, I remember going to, you know, you go there and you, you know, kind of a meet and greet and see who's actually working for you. And the label itself is, is the building is pretty small. And where know? were they? Where were they out there? Uh I want to say it was Santa Monica. It was somewhere, you know, LA-ish. Uh-huh. Um, I get lost out there, but it's, you know, in that general area. So, you know, real, real small place. And, um, you know, you get to walk in the, you know, the, the the guy, you know, the CEO, the head guy, you get to walk to his office and shake his hand. Um, and it's it's Happy Walters. You might not know by name, but Happy Walters. I hope this never makes it back to him, but I only know him for he was the guy that um, Suge Knight mm-hmm. held off the balcony. No way. That's for the- uh, was it Wu Tang, I think? Because Happy Walters originally, like, he he really discovered Wu Tang. Uh huh. And Suge Knight comes in and is like, well, I want him. Yeah. And you're either going to give him to me, or I'm going to drop you off this balcony, or whatever. Or it was something. Like, it was that, or he like locked him in a trunk or something. Basically, yeah, no, I
0: remember hearing about that. He dangled some dude off a balcony. Yeah, for, it was
1: for, yeah. Happy Walters. Yeah, yeah. So, so the, I'm like the, shaking the hand of the guy that was, you know, <laughs> yeah, being held upside down. So,
0: um, so you guys made your decision. You went with Immortal. Yeah, and
1: uh, and let, let me back up just real quick, because I think this is, this is a a, a a pretty cool story. Yeah, um, yeah, definitely. So when when we you know we contacted or, or you know phone calls started happening and um you know they're not going to just say okay yeah you're you know you're you're signed now we're going to give you a bunch of stuff. Mm-hmm. They want to see what they're investing in. So they flew out so like literally the, the Happy Walters this CEO this head guy of Immortal and the uh the A&R rep that was assigned to us come out and we're in a it's a garage that's been converted into the studio and I remember sitting there thinking we're all just kind of talking they watch us play they want to see us you know can you do this live you know you can make all the studio magic but can you actually do this live so they want to see us play We did not have any shows booked or anything so they literally they're just standing in in, in this garage watching us play mm-hmm. and I just remember sitting there on the floor we're all kind of talking just thinking man we got the guy that signed corn We got the guy that signed incubus Eight feet from us in this kind of dirty, carpeted, grungy garage mm-hmm. right now. So, yeah, I think this is like legit. This is going to happen. It's working. It's yeah. working. Whatever yeah. we're doing is is actually working. And and we did. We we signed. I mean, we literally we we did the whole. Um, you know, we got to get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. He's based in L.A. We fly out to L.A. We meet him at um, the Rainbow on Sunset. We're going to sign. These contracts, I have a picture of it, signing the actual contract, party time, we did it. Mm-hmm. Wow. That so, doesn't mean <laughs> we did it. Uh-huh. Doesn't mean anything.
0: Right. Well, what it means is that you signed the contract and you found a label that was interested in you. Now
1: begins the real test, the, right? It, the, and, it's the whole um, small fish in a big pond mm-hmm. is absolutely true. And who you know – I mean – we didn't even get our foot in the door. I didn't even see the door. Mm-hmm. You know, it's sure you get signed, but at that point, you know, this is big boy stuff now. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what what do we do? We have to we have to act like a rock band now, and 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 we have to do things a little bit differently. You know, you can't be the Hometown kid. That's not. I mean, you're.
0: You have to. You have to know what you're doing, essentially, right? Or you at least yeah, have to act like yeah, you know what you're
1: doing. Yeah, yeah. There's definitely that. That the the business side and and the, um, you know, you almost become an an actor. It felt like that to me. Mm-hmm. You have to portray this kind of hard ass. I can't pull that off. Mm-hmm. I just told you I can't pull off deftones tones. Yeah. <laughs> I can't do this rock star thing. Uh huh. So so
0: you sign the contract. And then, then what happens? Do they, decide, do they put you on a tour? Do they say, okay, here's what we're going we're gonna to start recording your first album? Yeah.
1: First things first, we, we got to get an album. We got to get it out there. We got to get it on the streets. We got to get it in these kids' hands because these are the kids that are going to be coming to see you. Mm-hmm. So they, uh, they put us in a studio uh, down in Florida, and this is in the, like the middle of January. So, again, I grew up in Cleveland. We're, we're all from Cleveland. Mm-hmm. It's like 17 degrees in the middle of January. Guys, we're going to put you down in South Florida mm-hmm. for a couple months. Have fun. Yeah. And it was, you know, I, I, I love the whole studio um, atmosphere. Um, I love, you know, kind of polishing and fine tuning things. And um, the, uh, the guy that produced our album was of name, he had just done um, Non Points album. Um, you know which one uh, was that statement? Just the Did first one. Oh, yeah. oh really? the one yeah. before statement. Well, yeah, yeah. statement. Uh, what a day. Yeah, 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 yeah. So it would have been that album. Uh-huh. He was also their manager, so we get you know we got to hang out with those guys and, um, and again this is big boy stuff. Shaggy, if you remember, yeah, Shaggy. yeah, it wasn't me. Yeah, yeah, he like. We were on a conference call with him, and 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 like what all are talking like, to him about. Well, so one of the bands that had just done, got done recording, their band called Darwin's Waiting Room, mm-hmm. um, had Shaggy do a, a a guest spot on one of their songs, or whatever, and and he had to call in to to finalize some stuff, want to talk to the producer, or whatever, and just put him on speakerphone, and you know, hey, Shaggy, the, these guys are from Cleveland, say hi, and you know, he's just a normal dude, the whole Jamaican accent thing is just a, you know, uh. And act and oh really like, huh. cool guy yeah.
0: yeah yeah he had a couple of hits i remember him from i think it was like freshman year of high school or something yeah this was, was yeah it was, a while uh, ago but um but uh so that's that's really sweet man you must have had like so many stories from those times i mean like what you know so you guys record the album um and i know that's summing up you know like you said that was, that was at least a couple months of yeah, your life yeah. right there but you did the whole thing in florida then you were just down there for the
1: yeah we were there until I, like through march um, uh, you know, it doesn't. It, the album doesn't come out immediately. You know, it's got to be pressed and and artwork and things like that mm-hmm. um, before it gets released. So they, you know, they put us out on, on on a few tours, um, and and a lot of stuff out west and south and places I've never seen before. And that's that's really what I thought was the coolest part. Mm-hmm. You know, playing the shows was great, but you know, I never thought I'd see, uh, you know, the Hoover Dam, let alone you know, four times or whatever. I've never been to Vegas before. And I, I got to do my laundry in Vegas. You know, (laughs) these are the kind of stories that I have. Right. Um, and then the people that you meet, especially again, out in LA, um, it, it's, it's such a different world out there where, you know, around here, if you're walking down the street and you see Tim Allen, Mm -hmm. Oh my God. Oh my God. It's Tim Allen. People grab their phones out there. Every other person is some kind of celebrity. Mm -hmm. Um, literally watched, you know, Shaq drive by and his, you know, Escalade and 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 so and so and and blah 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 and whatever. I do have to touch on one story. Go for it. And granted, I'm like the kind of like the mousy wallflower guy in the corner mm-hmm. that's like calling his friends on a cell phone, "Guess who I'm talking to right now?" We were at uh I think we just got done mixing our album or we were out there to mix our album. And our manager said, uh, you know, we're up at the rainbow. Come on. Come on up. I got uh, a surprise for you. And uh, there's not many people there. But there's this one guy. He's got this like stringy, obviously um, like freshly dyed jet black hair. Mm-hmm. He's white as me. Uh-huh. And he's got a couple girls around him. And he's just loud and obnoxious and, and, and just whatever. And like, yeah, that's Corey from Slipknot. And this is way before anybody knew what they looked, out, looked like without their masks on, uh-huh. um, and so we're you know I, I say hanging out. I use that term loosely. We were hanging within the vicinity of him, uh-huh. or at least I was. I didn't talk to him directly. It's you know Corey from Slipknot. Mm-hmm. What can I possibly say that that guy would think? You know, I'm cool, mm-hmm. but he uh, he follows us back to uh, our hotel. And I did. I did exactly this. I ran into our hotel room, and I called the first person I could think of to tell them that Corey Taylor is hanging out with us at our hotel. Made my call, opened the door, and I see white ass into the pool. He just (laughs) randomly rips off his clothes and just dives in the pool. So that's my my Corey Taylor, I met a couple famous people story. Well, who did they put you guys on tour with then? uh at first uh our first tour was man this is going back so long now um it was an LA hardcore band they they you know they had a name in in the scene the hardcore scene mm-hmm. but it's kind of tough when you mix like new metal and hardcore it yeah, doesn't quite compute yeah not really yeah. not really um not saying it, it didn't go well um it was definitely fun we, mm-hmm. we learned you know were these national tours then, too, tour, or were they yeah, just yeah. They started yeah, off yeah. regional? But oh, national okay. tours are different in, in more recent years than they were, you know, back in the 60s and 70s. When you went out on tour, you were out for months, mm-hmm. you know, at a time. Uh, now it's a little more, um, you know, you'll go out for two weeks and you're home for two weeks and go out for three weeks and you're back for a week and so on and so forth. Mm-hmm. Um, but it was always – and and whoever p- plans these tours – it's got to be you know throwing darts, really, because you're going from you know oh we're we're in Dallas tonight and we got to go up to Minnesota tomorrow mm-hmm. and then back down to Austin. I mean you're just all over the place. Were you guys in sense. a bus? Not at first. Uh, I actually didn't make it that far. Uh, we had the you know the usual van and a trailer. And that's tough. You got nine guys. You know everybody's feet stinks and you know and bag of Doritos spilled and. I gotta pee, I'll just pee in the corner and <laughs> cigarette ashes. That gets old real quick. Gets old and smells bad. Mm-hmm. Um, at some point, I just I got so miserable with the with the whole stuck in a van thing. I actually took my car out for a tour. No kidding. So you and just I put, followed him around? Followed him around in my car. I, I like having the freedom if I wanted to stop it, you know, Burger King or whatever. Um, I put eleven thousand miles on my car in a month. Wow! Yeah. Well, out there, it's not like it is here. You know, if you go from Detroit to Chicago, you know that's a you know four hour drive, and then Chicago to St. Louis, a couple you know few hours there. But out out west, it's like you know from San Diego to Tucson. You know, it's like an all day drive.
0: Right, and there's nothing there. There's no. It's nothing here. Desert.
1: To you know, to go between Detroit and Chicago, how many small towns are you driving through? Yeah, midsize. Oh, I'm running cities, low yeah. on gas. I can stop at any one of these, you know, podunk little towns out there. It's major city. Seven hours of rock. Mm-hmm. Major city.
0: Right. I, I did – Um, for my 30th birthday, I met my brother who lives in L.A. in mm-hmm. Vegas, and we took a bus from Vegas to uh, to L.A. Yeah. And that's – I got nothing. that – yeah, I was like, oh my god, it's like Mars. Yeah. Like there there really is nothing. And it
1: looks completely different than what you expected, or at least in my head, when I picture L.A., mm-hmm. it doesn't really look anything like – because you think of major cities as being – Giant buildings, tall. Yeah, the skyline. Yeah, yeah, but out there, I mean, yeah, there's that small part of LA there's where the cluster. It's, yeah, yeah, you get like the banks and things like that. But like LA as a whole is more spread out and wide than it is tall.
0: Yeah, yeah, it's it's incredible sprawl. It might be the the biggest like in terms of surface area in city in the in the country. Sure. I, I might be wrong. If lie, you I could be totally it. making that up. If a, you can but, see it, yeah,
1: the smog was um disturbing, guess <laughs> at best. Uh, we uh the first time we went out there, we stayed at a, a pretty kind of swanky four artist hotel mm-hmm. right on sunset. And you can see all these landmarks that you saw and, you know, this movie and that movie or whatever. And I remember hanging out by the pool and you couldn't see, you know, two blocks it was, it was bad, just like huh? a, just a wall of of fog. Wow. Yeah. I don't when I was there it wasn't it wasn't
0: nearly that bad but I do remember when I was leaving cuz I took the bus home as well. Um I do remember looking at the skyline the US Bank Tower and there was this kind of haze Yeah. There was it wasn't yeah. like it wasn't like you see in China but it was definitely no, not, you can that, notice it. No it's not it. that
1: misty it's got that that dirty brownish like I'm going to die yeah. <laughs> 5 years earlier than I was supposed to because I've been to L.A. Right.
0: <laughs> um, so so how long did this last then, this this sort of uh, the, the hyper? Because, I mean, you're on the ride, basically. You know, like you're touring and you did the recording and all that yeah. stuff. You, you know, your guys' album came out. Um, was that the album with the weird, like, sculpture-type figure on yeah, the cover it of was, it? I don't even know what it is. Yeah, like that,
1: a- the guy that we had do that, I think he was doing, like, Marilyn Manson stuff. So he was all kind of into the weird – um, Anatomy-based, oddball kind of stuff. It was like a like a like a roller coaster going through somebody's head-looking thing or whatever. And, and and you know we thought it was cool and and signed off on it. And mm-hmm. I'm sure he got you know his fifty thousand dollars or whatever for doing it. And that's where the the kind of surreal part comes into play is when you're doing like um, you know we have to get our pictures for the uh, for the. CD jacket, right? And, you know, and they introduce him. Oh, here's this guy that, you know, he's a professional photographer. He just got done doing, you know, Britney Spears album cover or whatever. And this is like real deal. And I never could really wrap my head around. I, it. I was going to ask,
0: did you feel that change you at all? Like, did I mean, how could it not? Right. I,
1: I felt like it wanted to, uh-huh. but I'm not that type of person. I'm not cut out for that lifestyle. that's actually why I left uh-huh. you know it wasn't I didn't have any beef with any of the guys in the band um it's just the anxiety there's you know there's a lot of you know trying to live up to something that I'm just not mm-hmm. um i just I couldn't keep it up anymore and so how
0: long had you been doing it when you when you made the the call
1: probably year and a half at the most.
0: That was a long year and a half. Though, it was. So. Well,
1: and, and most of that, I mean, you know, we doing the, the, uh, the studio, that kind of stuff and, and mm-hmm. going to LA to mix and, and whatever that part I was cool with, but being out, um, and the grind of the, yeah. And all yeah. That. Um, it's not physically enduring. It's, uh, it's definitely mentally. Um, mm-hmm. it, it's, it's, at least for me, it was, it was tough. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I like, I like hanging out with people, but, you know, there's that kind of rock star element that you're supposed to live up to, and and I'm just I'm not. The there's too much pressure to hold til- to for people. Yeah, to I like felt. Yeah, I felt that way. It wasn't that. so much about my skills as a player. Mm-hmm. It was, you know, what are, are you a rock star? Mm-hmm. No, <laughs> no, far from. Um so that
0: must have been quite quite a decision for you though then cuz you you basically you you it's like that's like getting on the roller coaster and then going down the first hill and being like you know,
1: I'm not down with I this. remember the drive back um uh, I had at that time I had my my girlfriend fly out to wherever we were at the time um just kind of meet me just to bring an uh, an element of home you know back you know bring me down a little mm-hmm, bit mm-hmm. Um, and I remember making that decision. The last show we did was, uh, or that I did with the band was in Tucson with Hatebreed. Oh, okay. And that just like pretty much sealed the deal for me is when you got guys like Hatebreed and me, I don't mm-hmm. belong here. Mm-hmm. I'm a fake. <laughs> and that was my decision. You know, that's. You really felt that way. You were like. I, I did. I, yeah. I, wow. Yeah. Well, I remember getting, I, I remember getting dressed cause I had, we had our stage clothes mm-hmm. and I remember, um, we had this tiny little, uh, room to 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 get uh, dressed in and um, Jamie Jasta, Jamie Jasta, yeah, I can't yeah. pronounce it, Jasta, whatever it is. Yeah, comes through and he was a really nice guy, but uh-huh. I'm just again, I'm I'm looking at him like I'm 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 such a fake, mm-hmm. and this guy can totally see it in me, mm-hmm. and I'm just I can't pull this off anymore. So um, we drove back from Tucson straight to Michigan, mm-hmm. and I remember calling my mom and pretty much in tears because I was disappointed yeah. that I couldn't pull it off. That I couldn't keep doing that anymore.
0: But you had, you told the band at that point? Or? Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, we, I definitely got some, uh, some heat for mm-hmm. it, but I think in the long run for everybody's, uh, sake, it was a better decision. They ended up getting, uh, my replacement was the drum tech for Kamira, So they'd already known each other and, and the guy was already familiar enough with the songs and, and whatnot. And, and they kept going then. They huh. kept going. There was a few changes here and there. Um, yep. uh, they, uh, Eventually, got Corey Lowry, who was, uh, um, or I should say, who is Clint Lowry from Seven dust It's his brother. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. And he's been in all kinds of, you know, of name bands. And
0: but then they they ended up they didn't they weren't around too much longer after that. Where they? no, they, they kept it's going, um, but, uh,
1: yeah. I don't know what what you know what actually happened after that. But again, I think a lot of it has to do with that. You know, small fish in a big pond. Um, are you marketable? you got to have one breaking song and maybe it just wasn't enough there it could have been you know did it have the right sound whatever um, and at some point somebody just had to say okay you know this is this is enough we got to call it and 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 again i think for everybody's benefit that it really worked out for everyone because chad right. went on to play with breaking benjamin's huge yeah um brad went on to he's still playing guitar for nonpoint uh, ben has a studio i think joe's got a family i mean you know everything worked out in the end for everyone
0: did um, so you you came home to you said you you went to Michigan when you when you drove back from Tucson? Yeah, you said pretty you much moved at that point is
1: basically when I moved here. I didn't ah. really have anything in Cleveland anymore. I didn't have a job. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't have a band, of course. Uh, the girl I was dating was from here, so well, why not just move to Michigan? And where in Michigan were you? Uh, it was Ann Arbor based. Okay, you know southeast. Um, so so.
0: So what happened then, man? Like you, you—that must have been quite the the, the moment worst for thing. You.
1: Was realizing uh, I was probably a week in to Michigan. Mm-hmm. What am I going to do? I have to get a job again. I was just out on tour, not with a big band or anything. I wasn't of name, but I—you were getting paid a few months ago. I was hanging it. out with you know so and so, famous person. Mm-hmm. I have to go get a job now. So. Tried this and tried that and eventually landed a job um, where, I, you know, I've been there for forever. I won't say where, but anybody that knows me knows where I work. Yeah, yeah.
0: Well, when let's let's talk about – eventually you started making custom bases. And yeah. this is this is what you still do today and this yes. is your, your bread and butter yeah. pretty much. So I want to talk about that. So yeah. when did that come about and, and how – So this
1: is going back to the high school band protest era. Mm-hmm. Uh, I got stuck going to the library with my stepmom, and when she went to the library, it was like an all-day ordeal. And when you're sixteen, seventeen, that's the last place you want to hang out, right? So I uh, went looking for the the music section, and I saw it was like that that shining light, the angels. Oh, yeah. <laughs> book said, uh, build your own electric guitar. And it was like Inception. I read it, and now I have to do it. Mm-hmm. Man, it's such a
0: good idea. So it was that long ago then, huh? Like it was from I, well, even that's before. Where,
1: that's where it was implanted. Oh, okay, okay. So I was. we'll say I was seventeen, maybe eighteen. Mm-hmm. I didn't have anything. None of the tools. None of the knowledge. I mean, I read the book, but that, that. You know, that's not saying I'm, you know, capable of doing this. And I, you know, I toyed with it a little bit here and there, and nothing really ever ever stuck but that the urge to do it stuck mm-hmm. one of these days i'm going to figure out a way to do this all through those years of you yeah, playing and yeah yeah so and all that other- right when the right when the switch thing was happening um i somehow had the means to create this first instrument and i got pretty far and it was a lot better than i was expecting out of myself which gave me the confidence to all oh, right i can do this mm-hmm. so after uh, you know after I left the band and, and moved here one of the first things that um, I wanted to uh, to find was where can I attempt this again? I want to keep doing this. And I, I ran into uh, a guy that worked at a music store in Ann Arbor. He said, oh, my friend runs the U of M student uh, woodshop. Well, I'm not a student. How am I? Well, just tell him that I sent you over there and and, and we made it happen. Mm-hmm. So I got, oh, man, I got all this. Machinery, and I—I I started building these bases, and without notice, show up one day. There's a note on the door. wood shops closed permanently. How long had you been doing
0: <laughs> it at that point? You said you said you started building bases right off the bat. Then so yeah, just, yeah, pretty much. Right yeah, in, when huh? I
1: moved here, I was I was in it. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I, a few months, five, six months not, or so. Not too long then. Not not that long. I wasn't established by any means, but mm-hmm. I I was definitely on my way. I had the you know the momentum was was picking up and. Um, had you sold anything
0: at that point? Or? You know, I
1: think by the time I I'd built my maybe third, second or third base, I had already taken an order. Really? Granted, I didn't make any money off of it because nobody's going to spend, you know, top dollar for somebody they've never heard of. Right. Um, But still to have an order that early on was, again, that confidence builder. Um, And then it just found through so many people ways to do it. Uh, You know, I've got a buddy that's got a drill press in his garage and this guy's got a bandsaw on and it was not ideal, of course, but it was still a way to get it done and, and whatever I had to do to get it done is exactly what I did. So where did
0: you work out of then after the wood shop got closed?
1: Uh, just through various people. Oh, so you would go,
0: you didn't, you didn't collect things and bring them all to one. No, no, all I didn't have, uh-huh. I
1: didn't have the facilities and I didn't have the money. Uh-huh. Um, I was basically just borrowing stuff and, and I'm grateful. You know, anybody that's listening to this, that, that helped me out. You know, I'd, 11 o'clock at night. Hey man, can I borrow your, uh, your joiner real quick? And, and they you know, came through, and through for you and they came through for me. Um,
0: so, so I guess the next thing would be like, when did you start? Noticing that you were making a name for yourself in that then, like because I mean once you just once you're into it, like you just start building bass after bass after bass yeah. and you you know, that must have been kind of a blur for you after a while, or it's just one after well, the it, other. Well,
1: it is now, now that I look back on it, I, I don't really see like specific instruments that I've worked on. Mm-hmm. It's just all kind of like a you know, this this crazy um you know, it's like watching your your life flash before your eyes. Mm-hmm. You can't pick out any specific part, you kind of see it as a whole. Um, th- I think the moment when I noticed I was doing something, right, is, well, with social media, you know, you can connect with just about anybody anymore. Um, for me, my, um, my idea of a celebrity is a builder of name. Guys that I was, I, I was looking up to when I was just getting started or even before I got started. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was a kid back in high school that had, you know, Bass Player Magazine. That was always on the top, you know, the stack of my books. Um, so I knew all these builders by name even if they were household names. So I'd become friends with these guys on Facebook and we'd actually talk, message each other. And, and, oh my God, this guy I looked up to or still look up to is messaging me, asking me something about, you know, my bases or my business or whatever. And it's just, you know, surreal. So I, I get that feeling I'm doing something right. Mm
0: -hmm. When, when is information shared pretty freely amongst those guys? People don't really guard their
1: secrets. No, I don't know how it is in the, the entire, um, instrument building community, but I've actually made point of this on social media is that 99% of the people that I've talked to have been super cool. Mm -hmm. Um, There's a builder out of uh, um, mid Ohio that he's, he's of name. Um, He'll call me like a big brother. He'll yell at me, but in a big brotherly love type way. Like you're better than this. Yeah, yeah. right, right, dude, you got to raise your prices, man. I told you this last time. Mm -hmm. It's that, that push and 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 you don't expect it in 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 that I guess in, in this business really it's it's right. kind of like uh you know it's music so competitive and hold. is what you would assume That's, yeah exactly you know bands have been doing that for years oh, those guys suck come see our band and, right right. and you don't you know don't play that bass it sucks I heard this and that about them. you should play one of mine and you don't get any of that it's more of uh you know hey man how are you doing this and and here I'll show you how to do that and and it's
0: well so Great. so how long have you been do- at that thing cuz if you went if, i mean 2002 it's, or 3 it sounds like is when you you stopped doing uh, switched and then it, and then you came back home and you said you started right away pretty much so yeah did, i mean it was you, you know it's
1: still a slow go uh-huh. you know, i didn't have the means so uh, i didn't really get established and, and really get you know getting the gears turning until probably the mid 2000s uh 06 07 is when i started getting into you know instruments with serial numbers mm mm-hmm. mhm Things like that, um, and just it's just ramped up ever since. What was the
0: most surprising thing about uh, starting a business like that, like that you wouldn't have anticipated prior to doing it?
1: Well, if we're actually, if we're talking about the business aspect, I couldn't tell you. I'm the worst businessman. I'll be the first <laughs> to tell you that I'm the worst businessman there is.
0: Well, what about actually building the bases then?
1: Building the bases, um, the, the 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 clientele that. Will reach out to you. Um, you know, and people of name, even if they don't order something from you, know I exist. Mm -hmm. That
0: when when was, let's talk about that. When was the first time that happened for you where somebody reached out and you're like, I know who you are and I would never have expected this? Because you said you started kind of like going, you know, firing on all cylinders around uh, mid 2000s. So,
1: I was still in the process of refining my my body shape. Your body shape is your band name. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going to be the recognizable part of your product. And I remember texting a buddy. I said, oh, you had a picture of the dude from Alien Ant Farms, Ty Zamora. Mm-hmm. Monster bass player, huge bass player. Um, but I like the the look of the bass that he was using. I kind of – I didn't want to steal that design, but I wanted to incorporate that, you know, the, the essence of that design. Um, So I came up with this body style, you know, loosely based off of that. And I thought it looked great. And um, a few years later, I ended up making a base for him, which I thought was kind of funny because the base that he ordered was based off of the picture of the base (laughs) that he was using a couple of years prior to that. Right. Um, I don't honestly I don't remember how we hooked up, but, you know, I definitely got, um, you know, definitely fanboy Mm -hmm. on him. Um, and because of of the the whole Switch thing, um, we could relate to oh, you know this guy and and that guy, and you have those you know those connections. And because um, actually, when I was in Switch again back in like two thousand one, you know, Ant Farm's first album was just breaking. Right. Uh, we got a copy of that. You know, one of these don't release it copies from the guys from Papa Roach, hmm. who I barely even heard it because they were just breaking. So you know you have those kind of connections and 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 it becomes uh, you know it's not just a builder client connection it's a buddy buddy thing. Hmm. Well, so like
0: where where do I want to go with this next? I, I I guess like could you talk about we'll stay with clients for now. Like talk about some of the other people that you've built for and like and like what you you know how that process works. Do they tell you hey here's what I want? specifically for this particular bass that I'm ordering or is it sort of hey I want a bass that you make and you surprise me based on you know no pun intended with, there
1: <laughs> with', with um, we'll say people of name uh-huh. they're usually pretty specific um, because they have they might have a, a a specific sound that need they need to adhere to mm-hmm. so if somebody hears this you know this tone on this album they need to be able to recreate that uh, with a completely different instrument. Um, and, and some people just, Hey, run with it. You know, here's basic stuff that I need. I'll let you do your thing. Um, I did a base for, uh, it's a, a Prague. If you want to call them Prague rock, Prague metal band out of Australia called carnival. Um, huge fan, huge fan. And we must've gone through. Hundred emails back and forth of you know what do you think about doing this and and when you and right when you think okay I think we got it boom let's change it mm-hmm. you know it just kept going and and finally came up with with something and and it was like within two days of him tracking with this bass I got it to him in Australia so it actually made their their last album um, but I think the the most impressive client. Uh, you may not know him, but his association, um, the the artist Selena, mm-hmm. they did the movie. J Lo portrayed her in the movie. So her brother, real life brother, A B, calls me. Mutual friends got contact numbers, whatever, and 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 he and he calls me, and of course the whole time I'm talking to him, I'm picturing the guy that played him in the movie. <laughs> So he said, you know, I want a bass, and and um, you know, I want these specific options, and 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 I and I did it and delivered it, and a short time after that, uh, I get a uh, couple video clips sent to me of him on stage at the Latin Grammy Awards, three feet from J Lo, mm-hmm. playing that bass. Now, I mean, she. Doesn't know me. She doesn't know. She doesn't care anything about that base. But at some point, I like to think that she at least noticed this particular. it's purple. I mean, it, it's you know, you can't miss a thing. So yeah. J Lo indirectly knows who I am. <laughs> and there's my six degrees of. I'm the Kevin Bacon game. I know so many people indirectly yeah. that if you mention my name, they're going to say I never heard of them. The base that my hands made was five feet from J Lo. Exactly. So there you go. Yep. So. How many people does she know? Through her, I know everybody. <laughs>
0: uh, so, how many bases do you think you've made oh, since you started? I'm still.
1: I'm about to crack hundred, which okay. doesn't sound like a lot, but for someone that that carries a day job um, and does that you know, part time, um, that's a lot. If I think of a hundred instruments in a room, mm-hmm. that's a lot of a lot of instruments, and that's a lot of a lot of man hours because they're completely from scratch. I don't, you know, I don't use machines or anything like that. Um, that's a lot of, a lot of work. Well, let's talk about the actual process of building the base. So just, I mean, I know it's,
0: uh, it's, I know cause Mike has ordered, my friend, Mike, who was on last week has ordered, uh, several bases yeah, from you. and So I know it can now. take, it can take anywhere from like a couple months to, to a couple years, yeah. right. Depending on how it goes. Mm-hmm. But could you just like kind of walk us
1: through the process of how the base is made yeah. like from the And scratch? without getting into specifics, cause I, this is, yeah. you know, that would be a three hour conversation. Um, you know once once we uh, establish connection, me and client, uh, we start working out whatever uh, options we can get together as much as I as much information I can get together. Um, deposits made, I gather materials. Um, and when I say materials, we're talking, you know I'm not cutting trees out in the backyard, but not far from. Um, you know, this is rough milled lumber. Um that I, I have to machine and, and glue together and cut out and and, and, and the whole process. Mm-hmm. Um six to eight months later, on average, let me let me say that again. On average right. <laughs> six to eight months. Um, you know, they get a you know, completed instrument.
0: Really. Well, what's your favorite part about the craft of making
1: basses? Like what what do you get what do you get out of it the most? My answer would be yes <laughs> uh, really I mean generically speaking the whole the whole process mm-hmm. um if I had to pinpoint it to 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 one thing um, I think shaping a neck because that at that point is when it takes a turn mm-hmm. that I can hold it and it feels like an instrument, you know it doesn't feel like this blocky couple hunks of wood that are, you know, glued together it now feels like even if it doesn't have strings or anything on it it still feels like it's it's an actual instrument it's a real thing now. Okay. Or do you still play it all? Do you still play with anybody or? <sighs> that I get asked that all the time and mm-hmm. and that's my every time that's my reply. <sighs> Aside, Yeah. <laughs> the 17-year-old kid in me mm-hmm. wants to play. The competitive seventeen-year-old kid is glad that I don't, because now I see seventeen-year-old kids playing now, and these kids are incredible. Mm-hmm. And I would want to be again not competition with them, but I want to be as good as them to satisfy my myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I, you know, I still um, I'm lucky enough to be uh, dating. Uh, hopefully, she's okay with me saying that mm-hmm. um, a musician a bassist she plays guitar she plays piano um we'll get together and we'll just we'll throw on random songs and and just to kind of keep my fingers you know up to speed you know i don't want to lose any of my edge but that's about the extent of my playing
0: okay so just for fun then pretty much just for fun dude sometimes that's like that's the best freaking way to do it though is like yeah there's
1: no there's no um there's no pressure especially from myself now that pressure has been turned into you know, pressure to be a good musician is now pressure to be a good builder. Mm -hmm. You know, it's, it's, that's, that's where that, um, that personal competition comes into play. I don't want to get better to take out competition. I want to get better to be as good as the competition is in my head. Mm
0: -hmm. Well, so, uh, you, you've got your day job, you got your, your build shop. So what do you
1: got coming up here, man? Like what's, what's, what's up with you? (laughs) That repeat (laughs) that, that's, that's my, that's, that's about my life, um, Making a point because that's all I've been doing it past you know five years or so is um, hey man where are you going to be well I'm either going to be at work mm-hmm. I'll be at my shop or I'll be sleeping mm-hmm. maybe a shower you know here and there um, making the point to to kind of get out you know I'm, I'm I'm forty you know it's I need to start at least enjoying a little bit of summer and outdoor life so I'm I'm trying to get out and do a few more things. Um, rather than just be cooped up in the shop, even though I, that's what I live to do. You right. Know, I've, I've got to you know, take a couple of breaks here and there.
0: Yeah. I remember cause I, when I met you like officially, I knew who you were for years, but I met you in 2015 and I remember, uh, Mike again, my yeah. friend, Mike St. Antoine, he, uh, we went to your shop and I was – and it was just so obvious that like I was like, this guy is in the zone because like you're just going from one – and it's so interesting too you go from one thing to the other and it's like it doesn't really look like – if if you're not paying close attention, it doesn't really look like you're doing you know anything too like specific. But then you realize like, oh, that guy, he just did this and this and this and now he's going he's, – he's, he's
1: holding a neck or something. Well, you that, know? that like, basically embodies everything that I do. Mm-hmm. If, if I have a visitor at the shop, it mm-hmm. doesn't mean I'm going to stop. hmm no offense, but that's well, just you were a- still.
0: talking I remember you told us a story about it was you met some person's daughter in a hotel or something like that. Oh
1: yeah, so, yeah. um, um, the uh, the what's the Back to the Future car?
0: Uh, the Delorean. Delorean. Yeah, yeah. I- met-
1: I'll touch on that real quick. Okay. Um, that's another one of those name dropping. Yeah. Stories. <laughs> so we were we were uh, mixing our album at the Record Plant. Record Plant is um you know it's that's history there. I mean Michael Jackson. I mean you name it. They've they've been the Record Plant. So we're at the record plant. We're there for a week, and and um, across the hall, Macy Gray, um, who was really big at that, that yeah, time, was recording her... with Rick Rubin. Oh, really? Me and Chad were sitting outside. I used to smoke. Uh, we were outside smoking because you can you know—it's L.A. You can't smoke inside anywhere, and we're just sitting there on the on the curb. And and Rick Rubin just comes walking up, and you know sweatpants and you know whatever. It's like a normal guy, and mm-hmm. he's worth you know a hundred billion dollars, whatever. Uh, so. Uh, they had in, – in within the, the record plant, they had a little lounge area and they had a, a pool table. And me and Chad were playing pool. And this girl comes kind of strolling in, kind of the swanky, swaggery, hey, guys. Like, oh, man, it's a it's a groupie. It's a, <laughs> yeah. But not directly for us. Yeah, Just, yeah, just in general. Yeah. yeah, in general. And she's got like this this leopard print kind of coat thing. And my first thought was how did she get past – the, the door staff, cause you have to be able to check in or whatever. So she's obviously somebody if they let her in. So she comes up, Hey, what band are you guys in and where are you from and what's your names and whatever. And so, uh, she gave, I think she gave Chad her number. I'm pretty sure he didn't ask for it. She was just, here's my number. Mm-hmm. So, uh, on a whim, I think when we got back to Cleveland after we mixed this album, um, or, or maybe Chad, or maybe she asked Chad for his number. Whatever. So it, numbers were exchanged. I just remember Chad being on the phone, and he and he comes up to my room, and and he's like rolling his eyes, and he's like, "Here," he hands me the phone. I don't know who it is, and uh, it wasn't like a "Hey, how's it going?" It was like she just got right into like just some random story, and she said something like, "Hey, so Arnold Schwarzenegger was at our uh, house last night for dinner, and blah blah blah," and I'm like. What is this? Girl, is this? on yeah, yeah. What just happened? And I somehow—I don't know if I programmed her number into my phone or what. I don't—I don't remember. But I ended up with her number, and I, it didn't even occur to me. Catherine Delorean. I just knew it as a name. and didn't really think of. And this is back when AOL Instant Messenger was like the thing to you know you, you talk to everybody through Instant Messenger, right? And she was on there. DMC Kid. And again, I'm thinking like Run DMC didn't put two and two together. If you see a DeLorean, what's the thing on the grill? DMC uh, kid. It wasn't until I saw it was like one of those e true Hollywood stories about her dad, and they mentioned his daughter uh, Catherine. Oh, so oh, okay, I get it. All uh, right. So yeah. it wasn't
0: even at that moment. It was it was like years later or whatever? Where you were like, oh, that's who she yeah, is. Yeah.
1: Apparently, I'm dense. <laughs> um Well,
0: yeah. So that's what I'm talking about. Like you, you told us that story as you're going around making this these bases, and it was I was just like, man, this dude is like, you know, he's got some stories. So, and then I I didn't have You've, the podcast. Literally, at the time, well, you think but. that?
1: You think that? You've heard all of my stories. Oh, I'm done. That's it.
0: Yeah, <laughs> well, show's over. Well, I gotta say, we got uh, it's it's 8:15, so I, I, we'll aim for 8:30. Is that cool? Yeah. But, uh, I'm a bag of wind, man. Well, I, I do have because this is usually we spend about 15 minutes on the whining portion of the show. Do you have it? Oh. Sean May? Do you have anything you want to whine about? Can
1: you give me another hour and 15 minutes? We okay, can, uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna get a lot of shit for this. I know this. Okay. So growing up in Cleveland, what do you think of Ohio drivers? Everybody in Michigan. A guy from Ohio cut me off on the way here today, and and, so. and let me guess, he was doing the speed limit.
0: Uh, not really, no. He or, was, or under. Yeah. Well, he was. It was so interesting because it was it was right before it was right as I was getting off the freeway, and, uh, and literally, I was. I always leave appropriate space between me and the car in front. I really wasn't paying attention. To be honest, with you. I I think I might have been changing songs on my phone or something but all of a sudden here comes this it was like a like a minivan or like maybe a mini suv or something here it comes like the
1: worst too, a minivan with ohio plates
0: yeah well the thing is 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 he he uh actually i think it was a woman but um i see them kind of position themselves you
1: said that not me
0: yeah (laughs) (laughs) the they kind of position themselves in that space where it's just like there's not a lot of space between me and the car but there's just enough for them to like and i and i a lot of the times, I'd speed up and be like, "Fuck you! You're not yeah, getting in because yeah. it's the it was one of those it's the situations. Michigan thing to do." Yeah, exactly. It was one of those things where they wanted to cut in and, and get in get into the left lane so they could make their turn because they didn't get in line back where everybody yeah, else did. Yeah. And but they cut me off, and I saw the Ohio
1: plates, and I was like, "Of course, it's Ohio." Yeah, so yep. So that's that's your subject. You want? Okay. So it's not like a, a bashing. It's not really necessarily an Ohio versus Michigan thing, but here's the biggest difference. So, um, like like turn signals in Michigan. Mm-hmm. We don't get the blinking red or blinking yellow to turn left in Ohio. Hmm. It's hard red, and then you get your arrow, and it lasts for two and a half seconds. What we don't have in Ohio is what I call spillover lanes. That's where you you, you pull up to a light, and you have two straight lanes. The left lane could go either. You can either go straight, or you can – turn left mm-hmm. and that right lane is for going around those that are turning left so you're not stuck behind them right i get those assholes mm-hmm. i'm going to say it those assholes that want to race you through the light cut over in front of you because they want to go slightly fast well probably not even that it's just this kind of uh domination
0: yeah like, yeah that's a good word i for have it. a
1: bigger vehicle than you I should be ahead of you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, I I it's it's always that the, And you, you know it's so funny is every time you're in traffic you always see those people and you can tell who they are like everybody's in line you get, I always make a point to get in line right as soon as I see the traffic because I don't like having to jack I don't like being one of those people that's cutting in in front of everybody. You,
1: you know what it is? What? It's And I and I'm not globally saying that it's uh you know an F150 mm-hmm. driver it's probably most of them. They're forty-seven, named Kyle, that lost their hair way too early in life. That they're just pissed uh-huh. in general. Get out of my way! I'm jamming my Godsmack song.
0: Well, it's it's funny because like like my dad just got an F one fifty last, and he'd never had one before. Is his name
1: Kyle. His name is not Kyle. Okay, but, then he's all right. But uh, but um, and nothing against any Kyles out there. I know some some great Kyles.
0: Well, the uh, he. We were. I was riding it the other day, and it's like, man, like this thing is big. You know, you kind of like wanna, you know. It's like, hey, you can not get out of my way if you want, but you know, if, either if we, either you're gonna get out of my way, or I'm gonna get you out of my way. Exactly. Yeah. So I I can I can kind of see that. But when I'm, you know, I drive a cruise, so like whenever uh, whenever I see one of those trucks coming, it is I I do get out of the way.
1: I will so. apologize for any one that I've done this to or will do in the future. Mm-hmm. I apparently picked the slowest off the line car. I go decently over the speed limit. I, I've been in Michigan to know that if it says 70, you're doing 82. But off the line, if I'm like merging on to – if it's like a, if it's a, an on-rent that's going up a hill – it takes me 12 minutes to get to the posted speed limit. So yeah, it's but not my transmission fault. Or? I do. And ah. you would think it's a lot quicker. Mm-hmm. But this thing is just the slowest off the line. Probably not a bad thing because I'd probably wreck it or something if it was quicker off mm-hmm. the line. Whining. Man, I could, uh, I could name a, a ton of things. Is there anything specific to your career, to the building bases? Because that's usually the best – route i find for the most part mm-hmm. I, i've been fortunate mm-hmm. everybody's been really pretty cool uh, i've made actually a lot of friends uh, people that i've never met mm-hmm. um that you know we have a, a texting relationship um occasionally um and, and i wish i could bring some of these clients over to the shop to see what i do i mean i, I sacrifice as much free time as i possibly can by choice mm-hmm. um and and you know and occasionally i'll get you know, oh, man, it's, you know, come on. It's taking a little bit longer than I expected. Well, you know, kind of work with me, man. It's, you know, I'm not a room full of machines and people and, and it's me. That's it. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I like to joke around that, you know, I'm the the CEO and the janitor you yeah. know, and, and everything in between is, you know, I'm, I'm busting my ass doing what I do. It's, you know, I'm not taking free days and time off and I've spent every major holiday in the shop mm-hmm. again by choice. So I am. I'm doing what I do. I just ask for some patience. And every, Like I said, everybody's been, for the most part, pretty cool. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, that's that's usually because a lot of, and I I say this a lot when uh, when I have people on, but because when, when people want to whine, there's usually two things that uh, that they do. One, first, they say they always say like, it's a well, i driving- well, th- yeah, th- it's. That's the second thing, but the the first thing is people are like, well, I'm really fortunate, and I did, they always want to like preface it with yeah. that. And I had a I had a guest. Nobody a wants to come weeks-
1: off being the the complete asshole, right? Well,
0: they all want to acknowledge that it's first world problems, right? And yeah. the, and and I had a guest a couple weeks ago point that out when I asked him the question, and I was and he, he gave this really profound answer, and I've brought it up in, on every show since because I was just so impressed with it. But uh, but the second thing is the subjects that come up. There's traffic, Trump and there's one more T that I'm freaking forgetting and I, I thought of it I thought of this the other day and was I was like
1: this is so brilliant I don't need to write it down I'm not going to forget it <laughs> now of course, Here now I am can. fucking forgetting yeah. it so Well let, let's back up and 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 that that's a very touchy very sensitive sub, subject is I'm just going to say politics in general Oh yeah definitely And here's my problem with it I am um, stuck in the middle and I might be labeled as as the worst mm-hmm. You don't have an opinion either way well, that's the worst thing you could do You know, you got to take sides here, buddy. Um, The amount of pure hate between it doesn't even have to be um, even really even politics. You know, Mm -hmm. with social media, um, you know, particularly Facebook, of course, is is, I'd like to utilize it for connections for my business, Mm -hmm. but it's also a platform. Really, for uh, you know, before all social media was here's your turn with the mic, one person, you know, what do you have to say? Mm-hmm. And then you get the next person, and so on and so forth. Now it's 50 million people on each side that have the mic simultaneously, that it's just they're just back and forth, back and forth, and nothing, and it's just getting worse. That was Nothing's the being resolved. So,
0: Twitter, social media, oh, that was okay. the 13th. There I, we go. I yeah. refuse
1: to. Uh, People say, "Oh, I need to get a Twitter account. Uh-huh. I already hate the social media that I have. I'm not going to add any more."
0: Yeah, it's. It, it, you said you mentioned the hate between. So it's. It really is just if everything devolves into two teams, and mm-hmm. then it's not about. It's just about building your team up and being like, "Oh yeah, we're so much better than that other team, aren't we? Great, you know." Then, is, okay, regardless if, of
1: what side you're on, if you want to believe that, and I won't even use a name, that this leader. Is the is the best thing to happen? You want to support him, that's great. Be my guest, mm-hmm. but don't start wrecking this. You know the next guy, your brother, for not doing it. Mm-hmm. But then on the other hand, you have, you know, maybe these guys shouldn't be attacking. And it's just, it's just, yeah, there's. It's there's, like a civil war without weapons.
0: Yeah, it's 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 the thing that, that i look at is is um the the problem is is that there's really no substance to any of the arguments like especially on like you said twitter and social media and stuff it's not a like you see all these headlines like such and such destroys this this opponent yeah. and and such and such f- slams this thing and i, I think mean,
1: everybody can agree that you know that the whole media thing is you know they're doing exactly the right thing according to them mm-hmm. you know they're they're getting the attention that they're the clicks yeah, yeah. i mean that's yeah. you know that's a it's a reeling machine them in, yeah on man
0: <laughs> you look I, like you're about to say something well so I yeah <laughs> i gotta be
1: i just i i don't like to get into it too deep because i am in the middle uh-huh. i i made a I made a post recently and i and i was i was very leery of hitting that you know that that post button, right? Um, we've all seen the uh, the acronym MAGA. Mm-hmm. We all know it stands for Make America Great Again. Sounds great, and it's a good tagline, whatever. But in my eyes, I don't see that. I see again the bickering and the back and forth. So I, I jokingly um, hashtag MAGA, Make America Get Along.
0: Ah, that's really good. <laughs> because it's just not. I'm surprised
1: nobody's used that. That's I know. right there. I, I, yeah. I, th- I, I thought for sure that I, I would, you know, I'd post that and, and, and oh, yeah, I saw that. Uh, yeah, but I shared that the other day or whatever. I like to think that there's a date stamp on there that I. Yeah, you know, that's I, yours, I, I, man. It just it, randomly hit me. I was at the shop
0: and I just. Make America get along. Yeah. That is really good. I'm. That's like so good that, like I said, I'm shocked nobody's used it already. That,
1: I'm sure somebody has. That, yeah. That's my luck.
0: Well, that that's, I mean, it's so funny that. You bring that up because that's usually where all these discussions end. especially politics comes up. It's just it's just be nice to everybody and things will get will get a little bit better as yeah. long as you try to be conscientious and try to be, uh, you know, decent to people. Sure. You know, don't I'm cut finding them that, off. <laughs> uh, the increasingly
1: freeway. difficult the older that I get. Really? I'm 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 a pretty impatient person to begin with. Mm-hmm. And it's just getting worse as it, it, it used to be. Um, hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Uh, yeah. What, what did you need now? It's, what do you want? Really? That's, <laughs> Let's just get right to it. What do you want? That's, that's kind of,
0: cause a lot of people say that it, it's the opposite is the older that they get that the more patient they get or the more laid back they get or whatever. No, I'm going not, backwards. Oh, well, there you go. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, man, well, we're, uh, we're, we're right up against it here. So, uh, Let's. Uh, is there like any I...
1: like weird outro music? Like no, it's got to
0: be something real goofy and. It's funny you like say that. Blossoms or something. Because I I have tried to come up. I've been doing this almost a year now. Uh, you it,
1: know what, you know what I need for uh, for uh, um, for my outro music. Yeah. Is the sad trombone.
0: Wah, wah, we have wah. a little thing.
1: If you grab that 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 right there,
0: we have it. We actually do trombone? have that. Yeah. If you look on there, there should be a trombone. Oh,
1: I hope so. Is oh, there's a thumbs down oh that's <laughs> perfect that is my outro music
0: well, well i've tried to come up with a sign off and i've not in a year have been able to come up with a sign off so it's usually just me kind of stammering and saying you know hey let's tune in next week please come back yeah um but uh but dude this has been great thank you this yeah, is yeah, officially yeah. my longest show i've never gone this is officially the
1: longest i've ever talked
0: really well congratulations man It'd i'm great. done um so, uh, so yeah, th- this has been a great interview, um, and thank you for coming on. Uh, I will be back uh, today's Monday, so I'll be back next Wednesday. Um, I have another friend of mine on, and uh, we'll be talking uh, to her. And so um, everything, yeah, man, th- this is it right here. See what I said? It was just me fucking
1: stammering going, yep. uh, what's next? Did we yeah, Hit it. Thanks for having me. Yeah, everybody have a great weekend. Thanks.